Had he not poured gin in the fish tank in a stupid reflex flick of the wrist when he tasted it, because the thing is, he hated gin, the whole story would never even have begun. It wouldn't have happened if the fish hadn't died either, or if he hadn't felt bad for crashing the party in the first place and realized that the girl knew who he was and might tell on him. But for all that, he probably never would have been standing there the next day saying he was sorry. Um, the fish, he said. Yeah, the fish, she said. Dead? Yeah. Right, I kind of knew that. I think it was me. Uh Uh-huh. So, um, how much is a fish? For one fish? Dinner. What? Dinner? Oh, okay, yeah, dinner. But, like, not like, not for every fish? Hey, come on, fish killer. Okay, okay. Though, to be honest, they weren't my fish. But it's either dinner, or I tell my brother it was you, and as he's a psychotic axe-murderer, you don't want that. Right, sure, so how many fish? Forty-two. Forty? And had they not then discovered a shared love of Sudoku, sailing, and an original sound recording of Alfred Tennyson's Charge of the Light Brigade— plus that he really liked her smile and she liked his hands and had a fascination for the strange birthmark on his right ear, well, incredible, they often said afterward. What are the odds against meeting like that? But 42? It wasn't even true. Exactly. So it was only after a heap of happenstance, a whole cocktail of accidental, it could all so easily have been different events, that they met again and talked and fell in love and had a baby after he forgot the contraception the time they went camping, but said, what the hell, anyway, which really should have made the whole saga about a zillion to one against. But then, when you think about it, everyone is improbable. Everyone's story's a fluke. There are so many reasons why any one of us might not have happened. At least every particular someone is improbable. There'll be people for sure, but why you? As it was, by going back to say he was sorry— He was out when his apartment caught fire and filled with suffocating fumes. So as she lay screaming for an epidural and swearing that he was going to pay for this with his ass, was going to sleep with the fishes, in fact, he was wondering about the baby's future, the strange course of luck and bad luck, the risks and coincidences of life, wondering how much in the riot of fates was calculable. What are the chances? And at the very moment the baby was born... Far away, a spectacular fireball lit up the pre-dawn sky, a radiant explosion caused by the atmospheric entry of a small near-Earth asteroid, just a few meters in diameter, but weighing 80 tons and firing icily through 12 kilometers of space per second, such that it shattered with the force of 1,000 tons of dynamite and the brightness of a full moon into small meteorite fragments across the Nubian desert below. The asteroid was named Almahata Sita, The baby weighed precisely 3,400 grams. They named him Norm. Can numbers help the infant Norm duck the slings and arrows of life? In the Norm Chronicles, we will guide him with the best statistics that we can find. We will also make them as clear as possible. The last point, clarity, is a big one. There are lies and damned lies in risk statistics, for sure. But there's real information, too— and a large part of the problem is cutting through to the good stuff and making it intelligible. Say that Norm's dad is cooking sausages for the boy's dinner when his ears perk up to a headline on the TV news that says, 
eating an extra sausage, or is it a sausage every day, something about a sausage anyway, increases our risk of cancer by 20%. He pauses. Norm plays. The sausages sizzle.